Hello, hello, and welcome back to the All Good Juju podcast. I am your host, Brittany Basinski. Today's episode will be featuring Astrid, founder and creator of Agni, one of my absolute favorite brands that creates organic healing and nutrient-dense foods to support women's health and beyond. In this episode, we will be uncovering what it means to follow your dreams, how to slow down to actually find success, as well as talking about the energetics of business and in-depth about nutrient deficiencies that may be impacting our health. And spoiler alert, over 80% of women have these deficiencies, so you definitely want to hear this one. I'm so very excited to welcome Astrid, who is such a light and influential female leader to chat with us today. This is an incredibly informative and powerful interview, so let's dive in. All right, Astrid, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to share your story. Let's let's talk a little bit about who you are and what is Agni and what is Agni all about? Yeah, I so appreciate being here, Brittany. I'm such a huge fan of your podcast. And so it's such a joy to be here together and to get to chat about something near and dear to my heart, which is Mm -hmm. Agni. So Agni is all about closing the healthcare gap for women. So we are experiencing a women's health crisis. 80% of women struggle with some form of hormone imbalance, which impacts everything. It impacts regular menstruation and ovulation. It impacts fertility. We're seeing one in seven couples struggle to get and stay pregnant. It impacts pregnancy. It impacts postpartum recovery. And there's so much more that our hormones impact from cognitive health to sleep, to mood and energy, to anxiety and depression. And so it's time for us to really come together and talk about why is this happening and what can we do? And Agni's lens and Agni's perspective is that one of the key drivers of hormone imbalance that we know exists is nutrient deficiency. Nutrient deficiency massively impacts so many areas of health and so many of us women are depleted in nutrients. And that's for a ton of reasons that we will get into juicy, juicy reasons. And so uh, that's what Agni does. We make foods that support women's health and hormone balance through nutrient dense foods that help to address these deficiencies that so many of us are experiencing. Wow. I love that. And like a major red flag to me was 80% of women. Wow. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. That's most. (laughs) That's That's (laughs) not a few, not some, that's most of us. And what's really, really striking is that that number is growing rapidly. You know, that is not the same statistic that we were looking at a generation ago And I don't know what the statistic will be for the next generation, for our kiddos. And I would love to see that start to come down again. I would love to see more of us being in balance in our own bodies, being nourished, having what we need to thrive in so many areas of life. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about when you kind of woke up to this 
you know, this fact, this realization, this almost like new world of hormone health, because for me, I didn't really wake up to what hormone health even was until maybe like eight months ago. And I've had two babies, like two postpartum seasons with absolutely no knowledge of supporting my body. You know, I can't tell you how many menstrual cycles, right? That's, that's a lot. I'm 30. (laughs) Oh, and I just had no clue. And it's like, how do we get this far? How do we go this long with, with nothing? Right? Like, so what brought you to that moment where you realized there's a problem with this? That's such a good question, Brittany. And for me, it was slow. It was piecemeal. It was many small experiences that just kept nagging at me and making me feel like something's not right here. And we could spend the whole (laughs) time here together going through them, but some that jumped out at me and that I think others have experienced as well. One was being prescribed hormonal birth control and going on, uh, specifically I was prescribed the Nuva ring and within a month feeling really not, not quite right. Feeling not myself, feeling extreme, uh, extremely depressive swings that I had not experienced yet in my life. This was in my early twenties. And then going back to the OB and saying, what is going on? I, this is the only thing that's changed. And the response was, Oh, wait it out. It's really uncommon for there to be, you know, fewer than 1% of, of women will have, you know, adverse reactions to birth control. You're, you're definitely not one of those. So just wait it out. It'll, it'll normalize. And, um, just feeling like that was unacceptable to me and, and that I didn't want to continue. And so going off birth control. And then another experience was kind of leaning into what the perceptions of healthy eating were. Um, I've, I've done everything from vegan to paleo to keto. And I think those, uh, patterns and those um, choices can can be right for some people at some times. But when yeah. I would um, lean into one of these invitations to, to follow this particular pattern of eating, um, I actually lost my period for eight months. And oh, so wow. I felt like, whoa, um, is, is this okay? Is this, and I, I didn't feel like I had guidance on, you know, is this okay? Is this, um, is this connected to what I'm doing with my movement and with my food or um, and what's going on. And so mm-hmm. it's experiences like that. And then, you know, of course the experiences of those around me, of my, my, the friends and, and women that I love also having experiences like I'm, something's not quite right in my body. I thought I was doing everything. Yeah. Well, I'm doing what a lot of other people are doing. Healthy. Yeah, exactly. Healthy, but, but something's not quite right. And so that really sparked me to just go into it to get books, to seek out all of the writers and thinkers who were talking about these phenomenon and who'd had similar experiences and said, I want to know more because something's not adding up. And the, the way that we're all being prescribed is maybe not, not the way for me. And if it's not the way for me, there might be other people who it's, it's also not working for. And um, that led me to this incredible body of research around nutrient deficiency, around hormone imbalance, around nourishment, around the specific woman physiology that we are born into and that we have the privilege of stewarding these female bodies that have uh, that, that have cycles, that have differing needs in different seasons of life, whether that's whether you're in your follicular or your luteal phase of your cycle, or whether that's because you are uh, prenatal or because you're a postpartum 
our needs change. And so learning how to change with my needs was an incredibly eye-opening experience that came from this inquiry and exploration into this world. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with you because this recent journey for me, seeing, like you said, your cycle as seasons, and I've talked about this before in other podcasts. So if I'm repeating myself, it's because I'm passionate about it, but you know, like seeing your menstrual phase as, you know, your winter season and everything. I just feel like for me that clicked and it really helped me find like that harmony in my body and honoring that was so empowering as a woman. And these are just things that I really wish I would have known all of my life from having, you know, a cycle until now. Like I just feel, I even think about like when I was an athlete, had I known, you know, during my cycle, would I have maybe rested more or eaten certain foods, right? Like there's so much more support that I wish was available. And that's why I love what you guys are doing at Agni because you are bringing that to light. It's really cool. Brittany, yes, I love that you say harmony because that is what it is and what it feels like. And I relate so much that there was dissonance. There was the opposite of harmony in times past where my body would feel a certain way. And because of our collective conditioning, it would, I would say, well, you need to go on that run anyway. You need, you need, you need, yes, you need, you should, push. you should, you should. And you'd push through it and it would feel dissonant. And if you didn't do it, there was this judgment. There was this, oh, well, I must lack willpower or I must this, or I must, I must inferiority weakness. And it, it's the opposite of what our bodies need of that nurturing and that, that, that you're doing exactly what your body wants you to be doing right now. And that's actually your power. That's going to come back to make you your strongest version of yourself and most capable of doing whatever you're capable of doing in whatever season of life or season of the month you are experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about Agni as a company and how it kind of, you know, became what it is now, you know, you, you had this kind of aha moment and it brought you to this place to help women. Let's talk about what that looked like. Yeah, absolutely. So it was such a journey of love and persistence and patience. And I wanted to make sure that we were really intentional about all of our choices and that we honored the information and the wisdom that I was learning in this process. And so the, there were three things that I, I did first. First thing I did was I assembled a medical advisory board because I wanted to make sure that the foods that we created, I knew that I wanted to create foods to support women's health through different life moments. And I wanted to make sure that we were including what modern research and wisdom was uncovering and and pointing to, but that also we were looking to traditions like Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, and herbalism that have been making suggestions and recommendations for hundreds, thousands, thousands (laughs) and that are actually being validated by modern research and science. And I, I wanted women to have the experience of feeling like, okay, everyone's in agreement about what I should do because I've so seen the impact of, well, my OB said this, and then I went to an acupuncturist and they said this, 
And I'm confused. What do I do? Who do I trust? And so I said, let's get everyone in the same room. Let's build an interdisciplinary medical advisory board, get everyone together and say, what does everyone do for their patients who are trying to conceive, trying to get pregnant? What does everyone recommend their patients do when trying to recover from giving birth and, and from pregnancy and to aggregate those recommendations? Yeah. So I did that. We, we went life moment by life moment, got the recommendations. And then I had an R&D chef and we, we played in the kitchen. We said, how can we make these delicious and accessible and craveable and about this idea that more is more, that this is, you know, it's not about, okay, we well, shouldn't eat this and you can't eat this and you can't, it's, it should be everything in this is good all the way down. It's good for your gut health. It's good for your brain. It's good for your sleep. And it's, it's going to support the life moments that you're in. Yeah. And then we tried to, so, so step one is medical advisory board. Step two is actually making the products with an R&D chef. And then step three is, you know, how can we, we make sure these are accessible. So we, we said, we're, we're only going to do things that are shelf stable and that we can ship around the country at an at affordable price without the environmental cost or the, the physical cost of ice packs and, and coolers and keeping things cold. And, and this is how we ultimately arrived at the suite of foods and teas that we offer today. So we do cookies, teas, and seasoning. We do them for periods, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum recovery, and menopause. And it was that whole process, that kind of gestation of well, what are the products going to look like? How can we get oats, flax, and brewer's yeast, which are really great for new mamas mm-hmm. into something delicious? Is it going to be a granola? Is it going to be a, a oatmeal porridge? And, and ultimately with those ingredients, we landed on a cookie, a lactation cookie. And uh, once we had that foundation of, okay, we know what our products are. They honor all these disciplines they taste good and we can ship them to people. <laughs> we were, we, that was our, our foundation. And from there it was, you know, slowly and persistently. Okay. You, you get some funding, you, you build the brand, you build the website, you start to communicate what the ethos of, of what we're doing is through blog posts and through storytelling. And, and mm-hmm. that was a multi-year journey that, that brought us to where we are today. Yeah. So a couple things, I have to just comment on the cookies because it is so fun to get your period now when you have these cookies. Let me just say like every month I look forward to it because I'm like, oh my gosh, you get to have my cookies this week. (laughs) And I like savor that so much. And when I traveled, we went to Florida and I was kind of bummed because, you know, we're leaving Michigan winters. We're going to the ocean and then my cycle was going to start and I was like oh great but I had my cookies with me and I had the most pleasant cycle I was like shocked it was so glad to hear that and it helped like even traveling they like traveled well and like helped me you know I don't know like with my blood sugar I mean the, the ingredients are just so good so just have to say that it's I I'm a big fan um And then the other thing was the way that you described the leadership of Agni and how you you mentioned putting everyone into the room. I love that. And I have been saying this to my husband for years. I'm like, can we do this like with the presidents? Can we just take someone from (laughs) each team? And can everyone just get along and like find a common ground? Because that to me is leadership. 
So Mm. praise you. I love that (laughs) idea so much because that is exactly what you need. You do need everybody from all of the tables to join together and be like, okay, you know, love it. Amen, Brittany. That's so well said. It And it's so true. It's applicable to so many areas of life mm-hmm. to take that collaborative approach and say, we've actually got a lot in common and we have the same goals. Yeah. Can we start there Yeah, and know that we will all, it will be so much smoother. There'll be harmony as we yes. move forward on the path when we all get together, recognize our collective shared goals and move towards them. Yeah. I love that. I, I wish the universe, the world, like embodied this more because yeah, you know, what you come out with is a great product and a great end result. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about like the energetics of business, because I feel us flowing there. Um, What does that look like to you? You know, you're finding harmony within yourself, you know, you're brought to this place to create this company, this brand, this vision for women. Um, let's talk about, you know, this work life situation where, you know, I know you're a mom. Um, let's talk about how all of that encompasses into like the energy of business and how that works. Yes. So this is a topic I'm so passionate about because I came to this work with a really masculine orientation around okay well you like set goals and you make your to-do list and then you crush them and you do them as quickly as possible and that is the ultimate metric for success is are you tearing through your to-do list I mean even the language around it was so masculine and the way I spoke to myself was really masculine and that was the only vision I had for how this could be successful And what I came to feel and what I, how I came to change in the process of growing Agni was so profound in my own life and, and so welcomed because in a similar way that, um, I used to experience my, my cycles as this thing to struggle against, I no longer was feeling like, okay, this, this business, this this career is something I'm struggling against and I'm applying my willpower and discipline to, it felt like something that I was harmonizing with. It felt like something that I wanted to be in tune with and that, uh, that flowed. Mm -hmm. And there are so many incredible teachers and writers who I turn to in order to start to connect with this concept and to try to apply it into my own life. But but two of the words and the, the concepts that really stick out for me in this idea of, okay, how do we apply the idea of energy to our business? How do we, which, which encompasses work-life balance and encompasses so much is attention and intention. So, so what is your ultimate intention for the business and what are you going to attend to? What are you going to put your attention towards to bring that to fruition? And it's a subtle shift. It's almost like OKRs. You know, it's like you have your objective and then you have like the key results. Like what are, what are the things you're going to attend to and focus on and, and measure to make sure you're driving towards your objective? But there's a little bit of softness when we, when we shift to intentions, which is that 
I have this intention for Agni to support healing in women, but I'm okay with a few different versions of how that comes about. And I'm going to have the patience to see what that looks like. I'm not going to be so attached to one particular metric of how that, how that is. Um, and, and you can still set goals. You can still say, okay, well, I'd like us to be able to help this many women by this time. I, one manifestation of that might be a certain amount of revenue because if people are buying your product, it means you're generating value for them. And that's okay. That's all great. We can still use that language, but there's just a little bit more flexibility with, okay, well, I, I thought the way that this would come about would be that I needed to spend 10 hours a week writing blog posts. A month into that, I realized I'm not energized by that. Mm-hmm. And people aren't reading them. Is there anyone else who, who should be writing blog posts for Agni instead of, oh yes, there is our medical advisors. They're right here. They're great at writing. Let's get them writing the blog posts instead of me beating my head against the wall. And it's when you start to see, okay, well, I'm acting in service of the intention of the business. I'm not acting in service of my ego. I'm not just here to, to prove to myself that I can do whatever I put on my to-do list. Everything shifts. And there's so much more flow and harmony and it becomes more sustainable, more enjoyable and, and also less exhausting, more energizing for the, for the individual. Yeah. I resonate with that so much operating from that masculine space for so long, so long. Um, There's a lot of unlearning that you have to do. It sounds like you have had a lot of guidance and mentors and, you know, maybe even healers to kind of help you arrive to that place. And that's really hard to do. So I really like honor that you you're here now and you're in its constant work, right? It is. And it, it continues to pop up that voice that says you, you started work late. You, you didn't get to your computer until eight 30 instead of eight or yeah. 10 instead of nine. And it, it's constant acknowledging it, observing it, acknowledging it, honoring it, and inviting yourself to choose a different inner dialogue and a different path forward. And one of the strongest ways that we can cultivate this in ourselves is to surround ourselves by influences that keep us here, surround ourselves by people who are are exploring this on their own. Maybe they haven't arrived, but they have that intention as well. Mm -hmm. Surrounding ourselves and reading books that cultivate this mindset in us, listening to podcasts that cultivate this mindset in us and, and continuing to have that as an intention. An intention is that I'm growing this business in harmony with my own needs and myself in a, and it's a positive experience for everyone involved. And that is such, that's a radical (laughs) intention in 2022. That's not what a lot of business owners or leaders at companies are saying. And so just by bringing that into our awareness, we're, we're making change, which is incredible. Yeah. And would you say motherhood maybe helped this, you know, process of softening and slowing down? Oh my gosh. So much, so much. There are so many, you know, people and changes and um, things that I've come into my life that have helped to foster that. Mm -hmm. And motherhood is, is another beautiful one. And I, the, the, and it started in pregnancy because Mm. if you buy into this concept that sometimes 
you're not consciously doing anything. You don't, you're not actually checking things off a to-do list or manipulating things in space. Yeah. And yet something is growing and unfolding. And pregnancy is such a beautiful example of that. You know, whatever you do on the outside, whatever your to-do list looks like, the baby's going to grow inside you. Mm-hmm. And your job is to create the conditions and the environment that enable that baby to grow into their full potential healthfully. Yeah. And, and actually a lot of that is, is nurture, is rest, is slowing down, is nourishment. And so running that process in parallel saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm here to create a nourishing environment for the baby. It's about mm-hmm. the foods I eat and the movement I do and the, the words I say, the feelings I have, the sleep I get how can that apply to my business? How am I creating a nourishing environment for my team to do their best work? How am I creating a nourishing environment for writing to flow from me as opposed to kind of like beating it out of myself? And so I actually think pregnancy is such a beautiful metaphor for what it can look like to gestate and bring a business into into reality. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's some active things that you do and and you build a team around you and you, you go do ultrasounds and, um, you know, you, you've got to eat the nourishment that's going to grow the baby. Uh, but you're not, you're not assembling a baby arm. Like it's not on your yeah, to-do list, exactly. uh, which is a, a fun analogy to play with. Yeah. I love that. And I love too, that, um, you decided early on or discovered early on, like what your zone of genius was and then where you could kind of you know find other people where it's like okay you're a good writer you do this I'm good at this I'm going to work on that was that hard to kind of get to that place of like I'm doing it all and then you know do you think like maybe was it motherhood or just like like you said like a slow kind of shift towards fresh Brittany it was so challenging I wanted to do everything when we got started. Yeah. And that's the narrative that we have about entrepreneurship is, mm. well, you got to do everything. One man show. Exactly. And that that's how you prove how committed you are. That's how you prove that you've got hustle. And I built our brand. I built a logo. I picked a name. I built our website. It was all not aligned. <laughs> all had to be redone. And yeah. I learned from it. Sure. But it, was it, was it the, the smoothest, most harmonious path to those lessons and to Agni's growth? Not necessarily. Yeah. And so as soon as I could learn, and it actually took someone I was working with who had the opposite orientation, who said, let's find someone who's great at building a brand. Let's, let's, there are people whose zone of genius is building a brand. Let's go to them. Yeah. And I, I dragged my feet. I said, no, no, we can't spend the money. We can't. There's always a way. If you decide I want someone to help me build this brand that I have a vision for. You'll find a way you'll trade them in kind. What can you do for them as they, build? you can go on Upwork. You can find someone who who can do it for less than $500. You know, you can, you can take, even if it's the the smallest step forward of, of handing over trust to someone else, you can make that step Mm -hmm. and starting to, to ask not, well, what do I need to do today? But what needs to get done? And who is best suited to do that? And how am I going to find the resources to empower that person to do that? Those three questions are so radically different from what do I need to do today? What's on my to-do list? It's very, again, as opposed to, 
uh, service-centric, organization-centric, vision-centric. And I think that shift of, you know, what is the ultimate intention here, that clarity around what is the goal for this entity? Another exercise that I am so grateful to uh, have been invited to do is from a coach that I work with, with my business partner. And she had me create an org chart for Agni very early on. And I actually report to Agni in the org chart. Agni is my boss, essentially. And so instead of feeling like, oh, well, the buck stops with me and I've got to make all these decisions, there's softness there. There's, there's this mm-hmm. ability to introduce dialogue and say, well, what does Agni need done? What does Agni need in this moment? How is Agni strong? How is Agni uh, looking to improve? And that just takes the ego out of the equation. It's not my feeling insecure or, or what, what would help bolster my ego about this business? Oh, well, like it would bolster my ego if, if our Instagram had 50,000 followers. Well, that's not what Agni needs right now. And so it removes this layer of, of it being personal mm-hmm. and helps it to be more about service and more about what is the need and how do we respond to that need? As opposed to like, what's, what's my need? Yeah. <laughs> how do we respond to my need. Right. I love that. I think, you know, anyone can take that to heart for sure. And in hearing you talk about that, I definitely was like reflecting on some of the things that even in this last year, I, you know, I have mentors and friends who are in my circle who, you know, quote, like have what I aspire to have. And I've made my, my, um, my network, you know, full of people who inspire me. And so I'm watching closely. And what I realized was, you know, the women who inspire me aren't doing more. They're doing less. They're doing less and they're more intentional. And it was just like, my world changed when I surrounded myself with these women who are like, oh no, like I'm, you know, someone else is handling that. And, you know, a friend specifically has like multiple businesses and she's so successful at them. And she'll tell you, like, it's not because I'm doing them all. I have people in the right places. And it, yeah, I mean, so applying that to even just my business in the last year, hiring, I, you know, I use, I utilize Upwork all the time, Fiverr, all of those things. If I can't figure something out, I'm not the whiz for that. I just don't even monkey around with it. And it, it is scary because you do think, well, this is extra money. I, I mean, I'm a good editor. I could probably just edit my own stockness, yes. but like time. Yes. Time is money. So like I could have done all those things that aren't in my zone of genius, but are actually costing me more money because I'm not doing the things that not that it matters that do generate revenue that do, you know, like reward me for my gifts. I'm not focusing on those things. So that was huge for me. Even in this last year, it was like, okay, I can trust other people with my baby, you know? Yes. Yes. And in fact, they're going to add their specific gifts and nurture that baby in ways that we can't, in ways that we don't. And that doesn't make us worse. No, it makes us more creative, more collaborative to bring in others to, to bring, bring about the best for that baby. And Brittany, that insight is golden Mm -hmm. that it's actually not about doing more, doing everything, doing it faster. It's strategically doing 
less. And there's a quote that I absolutely love that I've been thinking about so much, which is it, it's a very yogic quote that comes from the world of meditation, which is the goal is to do less and accomplish more until Mm -hmm. eventually you do nothing and accomplish everything. It's just like, how can you be so still and so specific with what the intention and the vision is so masterful at attracting the right people to help bring that into reality. And then it just goes. And um, I, I, so much of what we're talking about and and a lot of the concepts that I I lean on Mm -hmm. um, in this space are from a book. uh, It's a Deepak Chopra book called the seven spiritual laws of success. And I really recommend it to anyone listening because it's a really fun, succinct way to break down a lot of what we're talking about into um, these, these seven different quote unquote laws that have, Mm -hmm. that have names. It's like, and it's a quick read. You could read it in like one or two sittings. Oh yeah. I've actually been rereading it to myself because I just find it so full of these pearls of wisdom and it, it, as we discussed earlier, it it keeps me with this intention and on this path. It helps when, when I get pulled into the frenetic masculine energy of like, well, did you do as much as you possibly could? Did you maximize every minute of your time? It brings you back to, okay. Did yeah. you ask for help? Right. <laughs> Did you outsource? Did you collaborate? Yeah. Yeah. Really grounding in that. Um, I, I'm going to put that in my Amazon cart, like as soon as we're done, because I, you know, you could always use that reminder and I'm constantly rereading books or re-listening to podcasts and the same meditation over and over again, the same yes. visualization just to go back because yeah, keeping it like in that frame of mind and, you know, it's, it just is a great reminder. I think, yeah, I really appreciate that a lot. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about um, the nutrient deficiency because I had questions and now they're, they're bubbling back up. Um, what are those? What are the nutrients that we're missing? Because I feel like that's a puzzle piece I need to put back together. Yes. It's such a great question. So first we'll start with the what. What nutrients are we commonly deficient in? And unfortunately, there's quite a long list, but some key, if if we're going to talk about any five nutrients, I'd want to talk about omega-3, B vitamins, magnesium, selenium, and I'd want to talk about iron. Those five would be you know, just on the top of my list. And, and it's a pretty, you know, you, you take a hundred women and you're sure you're sure to find probably over 90 of them mm-hmm. that are going to be depleted in at least one of those in a significant way that's starting to impact hormone function. So now that we've spoken about the what, mm-hmm. let's talk about why, why is that happening? Yeah. Yeah. So many of us, it's, it's not an individual failing. It's not because someone's not eating enough salad. It's not because somebody's not trying their darndest to get in their vegetables and, and nutrient dense sources of food. It's because our food system has been warped in such a way that prioritizes less nutrient dense crops. So we've, we've done subsidies for monoculture farms where the soil gets depleted because there isn't a rotation of crops. And so the same nutrients are being pulled out to supply that soy or that wheat or uh, that rice or whatever it is. And the, the soil is not being replenished in, in those nutrients. And so then we're eating these crops that are, that are less nutritious than they were 30, 40 years ago. So a carrot today has 40% less vitamin A than a carrot 
40 years ago. Wow. And that's across the board, across nutrients. It, it impacts so many crops and so many nutrients. And unless you're going to go live on a permaculture, like organic farm, that's super diverse diverse and, and like eat these crops fresh out of the ground, it's really, really hard to get all the nutrition you need from the, the foods that are showing up in our grocery stores. And so that's a huge cause for nutrient de deficiency. A second cause of nutrient deficiency is actually some of the pharmaceuticals that we are uh, incorporating into our lives. And that's not to say we need to stop cold turkey, but it's really good to be aware of. So we've discovered now that uh, hormonal contraceptives are actually a, a, a major um, contributor to nutrient deficiency in women because I don't doubt it. They change the way our endocrine system functions. They change the, the micronutrients that our body is relying on and the quantity that the body is relying on to try to produce, you know, the same amount of endogenous estrogen or to try to flush out the synthetic progestin that's in our bodies. And that's okay as long as we're informed about it, because we should be able to make informed consent or give informed consent to this path of um, pharmaceutical, this pharmaceutical path that, that we're taking. And so given this, what do we do? We got to nourish ourselves. We got to yeah. be yeah. intentional. We got to go for nutrient dense foods. We've got to start demanding that the foods that we are buying, the ingredients that we're sourcing are coming from more intentionally uh, run farms, which mm -hmm. absolutely exist. It's another reason that an organic or regenerative cert certification is so important. And that's how we source. We are hundred uh, percent organic with a goal to be a hundred percent regenerative by 2025 in our sourcing. Oh, wow. So that the pumpkin seeds that we get have as much zinc, have as, as many nutrients as possible as compared to pumpkin seeds that might have been grown in, in a conventional way on a less intentional farm. Wow. Yeah. So, so getting nutrients is so important. And then the next question people ask is, well, well, can I just supplement my way there? Can I just take a great multivitamin or can I get my uh, blood tested, figure out what nutrients I'm depleted in and, and then take those specifically? The answer is, is yes and no. So yes, supplementation yeah. can be a great way to replenish, but our bodies digest and absorb supplements differently than they do foods. Mm -hmm. And so to rely on that in the long run is to one, set yourself up to not absorb as many of the nutrients and two, to potentially create other imbalances. Um, for example, we need specific ratios of copper to zinc in our bodies. And if we overdo it on the zinc, that's going to cause trouble as well. And in food, our body both recognizes the, the nutrients and they're in amounts of nutrients, ratios of nutrients that, that our bodies are, are really um, excited to receive. And so that's why at Agni, we take this approach of nutrient-dense foods to help us all get, get more of the nutrients that we're not getting in our day-to-day. -day. Yeah, I love that. I saw, I think I saw a quote this morning about, um, you know, not relying on supplements to heal you. And I'm a big fan of supplements, but as you were saying that, yes and no, 100%. I will never tell someone who's asked about me and my healing journey you need this supplement and that's it because it's not it. You, it absolutely. But it does come from, you know, deficiencies and things like that. So I love this. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about Agni is it's almost like, it's like you've done the science for us. And what I mean by that is seed cycling 
if you're new to it, if you've heard about it, if you've seen a little uh, infographic on Pinterest and it stumped you, you're not alone. <laughs> well, I've been there and you're just like, how many teaspoons of sesame? How many flax? You know, like it's complicated when you try to like figure it out, not to mention it can be quite costly if you want to go out and like you said, get those nutrient dense um, ingredients that maybe, you know, just a conventional grocery store would probably be what, like you said, 40% depleted. So I love that you do that for us and, um, that you make it easy. So I, I, I do want to touch on seed cycling because the more I've kind of researched and nerded out over it, I'm realizing this is pretty cool. Um, but like I said, can be complicated. So how did you, you know, stumble upon seed cycling and, go about it in such an effortless way for us to, to utilize? Yes. Great question. Seed cycling is so wonderful and it's such a gem of a practice because it really, it, it draws that parallel of, okay, how can food be medicine? How can it be nourishing and how can it apply to a specific uh, phase in my life? So, so what is seed cycling? Seed cycling is the practice of eating specific ground seeds during different phases of the menstrual cycle. So eating flax and pumpkin seeds during the first part of the cycle and sesame and sunflower seeds during the second part. And seed cycling has been recommended by wisdom traditions for thousands of years. And proponents of seed cycling say it can lessen PMS symptoms. It can trigger a period for those with amenorrhea. It can help combat hormonal acne, spotting or abnormal bleeding, fatigue, infertility, uh, and so many symptoms associated with hormone imbalance. And there hasn't been extensive research done on seed cycling in a research setting. And that, I mean, intuitively makes sense. Like big mm -hmm. seed cycling doesn't, is not an industry that stands to make a ton of money. And right. so nobody's funding that, but what has been done and what really excites me is that there was a study done at the university of Rochester on, on women who were menstruating and they had, they, they had women self-report their experience in PMS. They had them self-report if and when they got their period uh, for three months before any intervention. They also did quantitative metrics of how much estrogen and progesterone is being created over the course of the cycle. And at three months, half of the women went on to a placebo and the other half did three months of a tablespoon of ground flax. So one of the four seeds in seed cycling. And they just did that all month long for three months. In that experimental group that did the flax, the group dropped from having maybe 12 or 14 amenorrheic cycles, meaning missed periods in the three months prior to no missed periods during oh, those wow. three months. They reported dramatically lower levels of PMS and, and symptoms of hormone imbalance. They had much better quantitative metrics of hormones versus the, the placebo group. And so you can see that even if you don't do the full practice, even if you're not specific about, okay, it's these seeds on these two weeks and these seeds, right. if you're just getting more of these seeds, your body knows what to do with those nutrients and is welcoming them. It's craving them. And so we, we can start to see that there's research that's validating this practice. And, and um, we also understand the mechanism by how, how they work. So Black seeds contain a phytoestrogen called linens that support the healthy production of estrogen needed to build up an endometrial lining. And these linens also conveniently help against building up too much estrogen, which is really important in today's world, given we are exposed to a lot of environmental estrogen. Pumpkin seeds boost iron and zinc, which are critical for hormone health. And both flax and pumpkin seeds are high in omega-3. 
So again, one of those nutrients that we are depleted in, and that's for the menstrual and follicular phases, day one of the periods of ovulation. And then for ovulation through the luteal phase, sesame and sunflower seeds are abundant in vitamin E and zinc that produce and pr promote progesterone production, which is critical for the luteal phase. So mm -hmm. this is a really, really awesome practice, um, but it's also not delicious on its own. Like eating a dry tablespoon of ground pumpkin and flax seeds yeah. isn't enjoyable. It's not something I looked forward to when I tried to start seed cycling. And so yeah. we came up with this concept of how can you make this really delicious? How can you add spices and, and texture to make this something that you want to top foods that you're already eating? Mm -hmm. So our seed cycling seasonings uh, can go on the table next to salt and pepper. So for that first half of the cycle with flax and pumpkin seed, we have something called cinnamon maca seasoning. It's basically like anything you can put cinnamon in, oatmeal, smoothies, baked goods, yes. yogurt, uh, desserts, you can, you can pour a tablespoon of this in and you're getting your tablespoon of ground flax and pumpkin. For the second half, we have a savory seasoning. It's kind of like a furikake that has nori, mushroom powder, uh, turmeric. It's really nice and kind of umami. Yes. That on any savory meal that you're eating and be getting your sesame and sunflower seed doses. So that's how we've taken kind of a practice, a traditional practice that's validated by science and made it delicious. <laughs> yeah. And made it easy to apply. I know, like you said, smoothies for the cinnamon maca, that's exactly what I did. And then avocado toast with yes. the nori seasoning. <laughs> and it's funny because what I was doing before that I was doing you know, the everything but the bagel seasoning, which does have sesame, but like having the, the seaweed in there, that nori, it's, it's so good. Yeah. It's so nice. It's and it's a really, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to cook with seaweed regularly. on Yeah. Your own. yeah. No, it's very intense ingredient. So it's great to be able to get in there. Yeah. You guys have really created some awesome products and I'm it's been a joy to just talk about and to be a consumer of, and even the teas, I can't forget the teas. The tea has been incredible. Uh, highly recommend. I look forward to that as well. The peppermint chastberry, the Vitex tea. Yes, definitely want to be on that. Um, let's talk just like a, a sliver about the herbs because that tea is to me really powerful. Yeah, it's, super exciting to be able to offer this tea that we curated with our medical advisory board, uh, specifically with our Ayurvedic practitioner and our herbalist. They really drove the initial formulation. And, um, you know, I think tea is actually one of those that people are more familiar with the idea yeah. that tea can connect to any like sleepy time tea has been around forever. This idea that like herbs that could help you go to sleep yeah. exist. And we really wanted to get deeper into herbs for women's health through tea. And so the peppermint chasteberry tea is made for anyone who's experienced symptoms of hormone imbalance. So missing irregular painful periods, skin flares, et cetera, et cetera. And there's some key ingredients in here uh, that are just really great to support that. Yeah. So we've got Shatavari in there, which is in Ayurveda known as the queen of herbs, because Shatavari can help um, normalize so many different women's health mm -hmm. imbalances. It's got Vitex chasteberry. It's a hero ingredient that has been researched extensively in the West and is known to reduce symptoms of PMS uh, and actually support menopause 
and um, as a fertility aid, because of course, if we improve our ovulation cycles and our menstrual cycles, we are more likely to get and stay pregnant. Uh, there's red clover in there. There's amalaki, which is another traditional Ayurvedic herb uh, that is supportive of actually digestion and managing excess heat in the body. Uh, there's Brahmi, which is great for concentration and memory. There's so many great herbs in there. Yes. And um, it, especially, you know, Amlaki and Brahmi don't see in a lot of Western tea blends. And so it's a, it's a really fun one. It, it just tastes great. Yeah, it doesn't taste like bad. That's the thing. Tea freshness. <laughs> yeah, I've taken some, you know, hormonal tinctures. And I stopped once I started taking this tea because the tincture I was taking before didn't have like the best taste, but I'm like, well, I can, I can just choke it down. It's good for me. But then there was certain ingredients that would like make me really anxious. I think it had like mm. ginseng or something. And it gave me the war. I felt like I was on drugs. It's like, I cannot be doing this. Like I, I love having a nice period, but like, I can't be feeling like, you know, crazy but it was just it was like I had like 37 cups of coffee it was wild oh my god yeah it was like very scary yeah, yeah. it's it's just great it's that you were in tune enough with your body to be able to say okay yeah. no thank you and and herbs and medicinal doses can really have powerful effects on the body and so a tea-based dose is going to be a lot less than a medicinal a tincture or a pill which is a nice kind of way to ease in and introduce yeah. the body to some yeah. gentle support as opposed to like we're going to send you on a rocket to 37 cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So that I just had to mention that because it's been helpful for me um, and it's pretty cost effective and tastes good. So, it's, you know, I look forward to my tea and my cookies every month and I'm set. So, yes, again, love what you guys have created. It's so magical. It's been magical to talk to you, hear your story. Um, wrapping it up, kind of like a fun thing I've been doing is just a couple questions just to kind of like close on a fun note. So what is your favorite way to support your nervous system? I love this question, Brittany. Can you imagine if we, everyone knew their answer to this? Right? <laughs> Can you imagine if we'd been asked way. this from a, from a young age? So yes. currently my favorite, favorite way to support my nervous system is with deep breathing. I heard this great quote actually in a uh, yoga class that I was taking that, you know, breath is this incredible healer that we have constant access to and breath can just totally transform the sensations in your body, then sensations in your mind and, and the experience. And, um, when I was first introduced to breath work, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, another thing, like I'm already trying to exercise and meditate. And there's a lot, and, and I'm going to make time to just sit down and breathe. But in starting to do that practice, I've just seen an amazing, um, amazing tonic for my nervous system. I love that. Yeah. It can definitely be intimidating. That's for sure. But it is beautiful. What is your favorite ritual? Do you have like a ritual that supports your health every day that you do? Too. And I used to be a lot about uh, morning rituals. And then I had a baby who loved yeah. to wake me up overnight. <laughs> and then again, pretty early in the morning. And so it was not energizing for me to wake up before um, my baby to have a few minutes to myself for right. many, many months. And um, so I turned to an evening ritual that I had more, I, I was able to be consistent about. And the evening ritual for me is doing at least 10 minutes of 
kind of like yin, really slow folding stretches. And so it's a nice way to move my body to prepare it for sleep. Again, calm that nervous system. Yeah. And um, I have a few on-demand classes that I just love to turn to, whether I've got 10 minutes or 20 minutes to do a nice um, wind down stretching before bed. I love that. What is one thing you do every day to nourish yourself? Something I do every day to nourish myself is I drink a glass of warm water with lemon first thing in the morning to wake up my digestion, hydrate. Um, and, and those two things, you know, digestion and hydration are so foundational. I mm-hmm. love a quote from uh, Ayurveda in particular says, you know, you're not just what you eat, you are what you digest. So mm-hmm. if you can eat all the healthy foods in the world, and if you're not digesting them, they're passing through and you're not accessing the benefits. And that's yeah. one simple thing that I do every day to, to help with both. I love that. And what is your favorite way to elevate or conserve your personal mm. energy? I love this question. I used to be all about elevating my energy yeah. and just saying, well, I want, I want more energy. Let's, let's fire it up. And now I'm, I'm more interested in conserving. <laughs> and so uh, something that I've done that really concerns my energy is um, I talk less in social situations. Good, right? <laughs> I listen more. Um, I, I pause before responding. I um, really consider whether I want to participate in conversation and, and offer something. And, and I also find myself um, defending a point of view less. Uh, I'm, I'm slower to feel like, oh, I've got something to prove because um, I find that's a big way to conserve energy for me is just to um pause before participating as opposed to jumping in to participate yeah everything yeah it's so funny because when I was looking through you know I was like I I forgot my wrap-up questions what were they and I I usually have like what's your favorite way to elevate and I was like I have a feeling she's in a season of conserving And so when you said that, I was like, I was right. Spot on. Yeah. Mom life will do it to you. That intuition. Yes. This has been so beautiful, Astrid. Thank you so much for coming on, for enlightening us. I appreciate it. And how can we connect with Agni going forward? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram, uh, Agni for all or at our website, Agni And Brittany, you are such a light. Thank you so much for making space for these conversations that I've learned so much from and that I come back to and for all that you do. Oh, thank you so much. I feel the same. This has been beautiful and I'm sure it will touch so many lives. Thank you again. Have an awesome rest of your day. Yes, you too. Thank you for showing up today. I appreciate you being here in this space with me. If you are into this episode or you really dig the podcast, I would be so grateful for your five-star review on here, as well as sharing this episode or podcast with your crew. If it resonates at all, that would mean the world to me. Also, here is an invitation to hang out with me on Instagram at Brittany Basinski. You can chat with me here anytime. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Until next time.